0: Hi, everyone. This is Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers fe- features Dr. Artem Chetilo, head of MRI at Charles River Laboratories in Finland, and Joel Lenke, research director at the Institute of Psychiatry and Neuroscience of Paris. Doctors Shatilo and Lenke recently joined us for a webinar to talk about how functional ultrasound imaging in awake head-fixed mice can help to advance basic neuroscience and neurovascular research, as well as preclinical drug discovery. So let's get right into it.
1: And actually, I'm going to ask you to cover this, Schultz. What is measured exactly by functional ultrasound? Okay, so
2: in this implementation that I was showing, uh, functional ultrasound measures directly the quantity of red blood cells, any given voxel. So functional ultrasound measures directly cerebral blood volume. Okay, excellent.
1: And maybe as an extension of this, why is it important to have such high temporal resolution?
2: So actually. This high temporal resolution comes uh, naturally with the technique. This is not a point that was uh, particularly researched to push even further, but as we had this very high temporal resolution, it allows us to have really a lot of data, and Mm -hmm. uh, this data allows to do some advanced filtering mechanisms. processing. So finally, in the end, it comes down uh, to a much higher signal-to-noise ratio that we could have had without having such high temporal resolution. So this is a clear advantage of the method. And of course, this high temporal resolution allows us to filter out directly lower frequency physiological signals like uh, a cardiac or respiratory related Data that can be a, a nuisance factor, for example, in, in ephemera imaging, much more complicated to filter out. Sorry for that. So I'm, I'm finished.
1: No, that's an excellent answer. Thank you. I'm sure that covers it. Next question here How long does it take to make a reliable measurement? And it's, I think in this context, we want you to comment on both the setup of the mobile home cage as well as um, the fun- functional ultrasound procedure itself. Artem, could you? perhaps uh, take the
3: lead on this one first? Sure. So there is no um, straight answer because it depends very much on the the type of the study, type of the measurement and the overall plan. But uh, in in practice, once the whole system has been set up and uh, there is a standard operating procedure and you have trained people to do that, it takes a maximum of uh, 10 minutes from the anesthesia or whatever the preparation of the animal you're doing to uh, actually getting the uh, scanner going and acquiring the data. And then Perfect. of course, depending on what you want to measure, <laughs> if it's a pharmacological session, it's typically a little bit longer, but if it's the, uh, one of those uh, sensory stimulation scans, which I showed, uh, those are typically very short from five to seven minutes max. Excellent, excellent.
1: And Jolt, in the applications you know you're running in your lab or through your experience, in your opinion or in your again in your experience, how long does it take to make a reliable measurement?
2: Yeah, so in order to have a reliable functional connectivity data, you need a couple of minutes up to ten minutes continuous recording. So as you have seen in the scopolamine paper, we uh, used uh, several successive ten minute periods. And uh, this experiment, for example, would last for uh, uh, typically uh, around one hour. So for us, a typical pharmacological experiment uh, is in the one-hour range. Sensory stimulation, as Artem said, can be much uh, quicker. So our typical viscous stimulation protocol, during our (laughs) typical viscous stimulation protocol, we are stimulating the viscous for 30 seconds then we wait uh, 60 seconds then we do it again and we do it 10 times and from each uh, stimulation period we typically get significantly uh, higher blood flow in the yeah. barrier cortex so then it depends how how much uh, uh, data you need but as artem told typical uh, sensory stimulation protocols can be quite fast you can start imaging just after minutes after setting up uh, the system mm-hmm. and you see the data almost uh, real time uh, on the screen so so this is something which is very which is very straightforward and rapid.
1: fantastic those are great insights and actually let's stay on this theme of making reliable measurements and going through the methodology and getting things prepped Can you both comment on habituation? So, Jolt, you you had a brief moment in your presentation where you touched on this, but maybe could you elaborate on the habituation procedure for the animals when you're using the mobile home cage and and the Iconius imaging device?
2: So we found that habituation is relatively short. So I have shown that uh, we have three following days uh, when we do uh, each time 10 to, to 30 minutes habituation. So, the, the, the handling time for, for, for these mice is quite, uh, is quite short and we, we think that allows us to image them nicely habituated and uh, stress-free, uh, stress-free mice. So, compared to other head-fixed systems, I consider it as a quite short habituation. Of course, it needs some regularity, it's, uh, it's, it's better to, to, to handle the mice the same. Time of the day. Then you you will do the experiment. Of course, it's better if the same person handles and uh, habituates the animals that do the experiment. So, but but these are just classical classical behavior uh, methods.
1: Yes. No, that, those are great that's insights. And sort of and yeah, that's fantastic. Um, Artem, what about you? Uh, just anything to add there about
3: habituation and. Sure. Well, we are using a little bit more extensive uh, habituation paradigm. So in our license and procedures, we are allowing our animals to recover from the head plate implantation surgery for about a week. And then Mm -hmm. we are to time the whole process into one working week. So like five days. And we start on Monday with very short just handling and uh, habituation to the operator. We're using the same technician, same person, training the animal and collecting the data in the end. And then we are day by day increasing the handling and the training time in the mobile home cage with the system uh, all the way till Thursday to the maximum duration of 45 minutes per experiment. And then on fifth day, on Friday, we are actually scanning them. And that gives pretty nice results. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Thanks for sharing that specific
1: protocol. Let's shift gears here. Here's a great question about ultimately deciding on the appropriate device or method to support fuss imaging. So for each of you, and maybe I'll start with you, Artem. Why was it that the mobile home cage was maybe the appropriate device to use instead of an alternative solution, such as an airlifted ball, a treadmill or a disc? I mean, for in your case, what made this the right partner to
3: uh, for for fuss imaging? right so we found that uh, th- those major advantages that uh, mobile home gauge offers are those uh, well firstly thursday- Compact size, the ability to do training in a separate cage, uh, having two of them. Similarly, training animals in one and then measuring them in another. It allows you this uh, parallel kind of processes, which accelerates the whole, the whole study. And then, of course, uh, the freedom of movement and the uh, openness and the possibility to combine with other devices such as stimulation or or tracking feature. Those those make it. Uh, pretty much the main choice for us excellent excellent and what about you and
1: you know what was your discovery process of utilizing the mobile home cage for your research
2: yeah actually i would just add i completely agree with artem on that i would just add maybe two additional points to that so as compared to the airlifted ball uh, method so i I really think that mice are feeling themselves much more comfortable in a dark box where they can touch the, the side of the box, the wall. Uh, uh, they can have a, a immediate tactile information feedback. And uh, they, are, they are just more comfortable, I think, in a, in a box than running mm-hmm. on top of a, of a ball where they have a, a visual uh, in a typical uh, floating ball configuration they have a visual information around but but mice are not so visual animals they are much more tactile animals so this is this is one point and the second point that uh, at least as compared to the typical commercial floating ball Configurations. The mobile home cage, uh, 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 at, at least at the time when we started to work with them, uh, uh, it was much cheaper. So it's a it's a simpler simpler system. It seemed to be uh, it seemed to be more robust for me. So these were the additional components that I would have to add them add them for us.
1: Great responses. That's helpful. Very good. Uh, okay, another question here, um, and Artem, I'm going to ask you to take this one because you brought up stimulation protocols. Actually, just when we we're addressing that last question. So what types of stimulation can be used with
3: functional ultrasound imaging? Yep. So as I mentioned, uh, we started with the sort of standard set that has been used also in our labs in functional MRI setting. So it's the (laughs) sensory stimulation of uh, any available body part of the animal, thanks to the uh, kind of accessibility and openness of the setup, you can stimulate uh, whiskers, uh, ears, paws, uh, whatever you name it. And uh, uh, then, of course, the uh, pharmacological stimulation is the number one interest for us. And then, of course, it just comes down to your creativity and ability to manufacture those additional stimulation devices, uh, such as guided lights for the visual stimulation, or let's say thermal stimulation with lasers. It's uh, almost non not not limited by by the features of the system itself.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Great answer. Another one here. Is FUS limited to 2D, or can you image in 3D as well? Maybe this would be a good question
2: for you, Jolt. In most current papers of FUS, it's a a 2D method. By using a linear uh, array and imaging at any single time one slice of the brain. Uh, Recent technical development opened uh, other dimensions now for FUS. So you can have basically two technical approaches. To do 3d fus imaging so either you move uh, this uh, linear probe by a motorized setup for example or you turn to make tomography like images or you are using a matrix array a two-dimensional matrix array that register acquires at any given moment three full 3d volumes of the brain and uh, this was Published last year by uh, Michael Tantast in a very uh, nice uh, Nature Methods paper. So, both methods have advan- the advantages and disadvantages. I wouldn't go really into the details uh, uh, that we that we detail a bit in, in, in a recent Iconized newsletter. I would just would say that uh, currently the metrics. Uh, approach is much less sensitive than the linear array so currently our preferred uh, uh, setup is the motorized uh, uh, 2d probe and uh, yeah but in the in the in the future probe technology is, uh, is will develop and snapshot 3d 4d volume imaging will be clearly the future just in the very near in the next years maybe it's better to use motorized, in our areas to obtain 3D data.
1: Fantastic. This is a great answer. Thank you very much. Okay, I think we've got time for maybe one or two more questions. So let's, um, hopefully, this is a straightforward one to answer. Can these uh, measurements, these procedures that have been shared, be done in awake rats? Do either if you have experience working in awake rats? Artem, maybe. Or oh, Oshult, I'll, 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 uh, I'll ask you. Maybe that. I will jump on, uh, jumping
2: yeah. in. Uh, sorry, sorry, Artem. But I, I I will start with that first, maybe. So our lab did not uh, did not do awake animals, but our colleagues in Paris they did it. So actually, you can use it to detect uh, brain activation uh, and perfusion uh, uh, in a freely moving rats, as it was uh, published by Ivan uh, Cohen's lab very nicely. So, so. it's uh, it's it's fully possible, of course. To adapt FUS technology basically to any uh, awake uh, animal type, so uh, mice are quite small. So if and and the signal to noise ratio in the brain, the very small brain is quite low. So I would say that if you can do it in mice, then you will be able to do it in most uh, typical preclinical models that are bigger than mice.
1: That makes sense. Thanks for confirming that. And it is is pharmacological stimulation or compound dosing possible? in the mobile home cage and awake animals and i think the answer is yes but artem maybe you can
3: just take the lead on this one and and elaborate about your experience yes the answer is definitely yes but it is of course a little bit special procedure of course while animal is is awake and behaving you don't want to disturb or stress it out with the with any sort of uh, injections and uh, this kind of rough handling that is sometimes required for the dosing. So what we have been exploring is the use of uh, vascular access ports. So pre-implanted device that lets you inject the uh, compound into intraperitoneal or intravenously or subcutaneously through the uh, sort of port that is uh, protruding from the skin. So the injection Mm -hmm. itself does not disturb the animal at all. And when you are setting up the functional ultrasound management um, imaging session, it's possible to connect this kind of line so you don't even approach the animal with the syringe or injection device, and it can be done automatically through the infusion pump at pre-selected time point.
1: Excellent. Out of curiosity, do you also have any experience with implantable pumps or like osmotic devices uh, where they're preloaded with drugs and it's distributed through osmotic or process or a timed pump delivery as an implant? I'm assuming that oh, yes. would work just the same, but do you happen to have any experience with those?
3: Oh, yes, we do a lot of that kind of work, but mostly we are using uh, osmotic pumps for a more chronic, uh, regular delivery of, of some compounds over time. Right. We haven't tried yet this kind of uh, instantaneous release of, of large volumes or the concentrations of the compound during the imaging, and that would require some, some careful planning. So th- this is why the injections that are controlled by the operator through the external pump or the devices are much easier in terms of it. Yes process.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.